What's up, and welcome to another exciting edition of Bearded B-Roll. I'm Kyle. And I'm Mike, just two bearded dudes here to chat about all the movies you love, hate, don't mind, or simply never heard of. I, I watched it again today. I did too. No, I watched it yesterday. I didn't write anything down for that one, though. I wrote a couple things down. What is there to say? I mean, that's exactly my point. I was like, <laughs> what am I going to say about this? Like, it's a movie. So, welcome back to another weekend roundup with Bearded B-Roll. Today we're going to be talking about Sundown, Vampire in Retreat from 1989. Sort of, almost kind of starring Bruce Campbell. But not really. He's a player in it. For like 10 minutes at the end. He's mostly just like a nerdy, bumbling guy who doesn't even come into the movie till I think almost the 28 minute mark. And then proceeds to be like super insignificant to the plot. Pretty much right up until the end. Despite the fact that he is on the cover, just it's it's Bruce Campbell and David Carradine on the cover. It's because it's Bruce Campbell. Anyway. So I guess we, we don't have to talk about this one necessarily as linearly as because the plot is just like paper thin. Step one. There's a family and two sisters are chasing each other around. And the dad's like, stop scaring your sister. And the sister says, but she's the scary one. Dun, dun, dun. that actually all right so <laughs> speaking of not doing it literally but then doing it exactly literally um that made no sense to me because the idea that she's creepy because spoilers her dad may or may not be a vampire but he wouldn't have been a vampire at that point in time that's what i was saying <laughs> like <laughs> so she's just naturally creepy it has nothing to do with her vampire dad. that is a weird setup that I don't think they thought about. <laughs> I love this kid's room, though. She's like, I don't know, maybe five or six years old. Maybe not like even. Seven or eight, maybe. And she's got just the coolest room. She's got, like, her Satan posters and stuffed animals with, like, bloody eye sockets, missing eyes. Oh, yeah, baby doll with bloody eyes. And then the father's just, like, disappointed in the mother for helping her buy these things. He's, like, all gender stereotyped about it. Like, shouldn't she just be playing with Barbies? And I'm like, I think it's kind of awesome that she's playing with, like, decapitated dolls and, like, maimed action well, figures. Not, I don't even think that he encourages that. She, The mom goes, it's just a phase. And he's like, Barbie dolls are just a phase. Like, he doesn't expect that to be a lasting thing either. But, yeah, he's like, you, you buy her all these creepy shits. She doesn't buy them. That's smart. Normally in a movie, they somehow imply that the children are buying things for themselves and stuff like this. I did like that they specified that. Yeah, that was actually a pretty good part. The dad reminds me of every dad from every like 80s movie ever, though. Like, who is he? Because I don't think I recognize the actor, but he looks like every single one of them at the same time. I don't recognize him either, but I gotta say, I love his voice. There's something like super soothing and calming about it. I would want him to be my therapist. He reminds me of the dad from Monster Squad and also Pet Cemetery 2 at the same time. It's like he would be the dad from Monster Squad if he had a baby with Robert Davi. <laughs> what about the uh, giant like chapter book opening sequence of this movie where the first thing you have to do is read like eight paragraphs? Yeah, I don't remember what it says. I think I read it the first time I watched it and that was about the only time I ever did. It was a basic overview of the fact that there were some vampires living in Purgatory, a town in, I'm assuming, Nevada. But it's all stuff that's explained through the plot later, so we didn't actually need that whole thing. It's, it's annoying, but also, that was popular in the 80s. 
late seventies, whatever. And, uh, if they wouldn't have done that, I feel like they would have had to of, or they would have added even more exposition like scenes to make up for that not being there. So I think it cut out some stuff because this movie seemed really short. Maybe it was like a time thing. Maybe they had that like super explained and there was like a monologue and they're like, you know what? We don't got time. Let's I just think do it. Wasn't it, on, it was only like an hour and 20 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was super short. But even then, it still felt long. It didn't feel long until the end. Like, the movie felt rushed all the way up until the end, and then it's like, why isn't this over yet? That's because they had this, like, sustained 20-minute shootout scene, because this movie... It's not even sustained. It's like a three-part war. Like, there's, like, a first battle, and then, like, a second battle, and then there's, like, the third one. There's literally, like, multiple parts to the fight, and then there's, like, the secret assassin mission. Assassin. 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 Yeah, I, I just struggling to like categorize this movie genre wise though, because it has vampires in it. So your brain immediately goes horror. And yet there's not a single thing in it that's even remotely scary. I guess the closest thing is when the rapey bat guy comes in. Yeah. Maybe. I guess like the, the when the kids came to town, the two the two uh campers or whatever, like I feel like this movie with a different I don't know. Somebody could have made this more like a Tales from the Crypt type story where they maintained the fun, but like added more horror to it. Because I don't even think it needed to be an R-rated movie. They they just flash tits at some point, don't they? I don't like, think no even. Reason. What am I thinking of? I don't think there were boobs in this movie. I'm thinking of Bubba Hotep. Well, well, Shane was pretty naked when he transformed pretty into naked. a bat, but I'm pretty sure his genitals were still like in yeah. shadow. I would have known if there was dick and balls. I told you. You can I'm see part of his spotting. butt. The violence, I mean, the decapitation in it was fake looking, but graphic. Was there even a lot of blood, though? I don't know if... I, I guess like a little spurt, right? That was it? Yeah, but then they said he struck oil because the blood was spurting out. This movie only had one F word the entire time. So essentially, it should have been PG-13, like just based on today's rating system. But PG thirteen rating systems today, if there's any blood, you can't. It can't be PG thirteen. Any. So this movie, this movie opened up with cowboy music. So like, if you weren't looking at the screen, it's pretty like you could mistake it for city slickers or something else being on in the background. I like the three brothers from the beginning, though. I think the opening scene with the the vampire part when they first that was the best part of the whole funny. movie. Yeah, those three brothers. The dynamic there was really good. The three like old crotchety ZZ Top dudes all sitting on the swing together. Uh, with their sunglasses, and then that douchebaggy guy who I don't understand the concept of like, if you're trying to snort cocaine, why would you be driving off road? It's like every time he hit a bump, he dropped like a pound of cocaine in his lap. It made no you know, sense. So, like, the other thing though is like, <laughs> this movie is terrible when it comes to like continuity to its own storyline and plot and ideas. Um, so the vampires they need to like wear sunblock, and even then, the sun still bothers them and stuff. So, these guys are sitting on this swing with like an overhang that's keeping them from the sun, but the sun is literally directly beating down on the back of their necks. <laughs> I was like, huh. That's... Well, that was the other thing that made sense to me. Like when they seem to have decided collectively to stay up during the day, why don't they just still be nocturnal and go outside when they need to? Cause like if the sun's uncomfortable, you still wouldn't want to make that the primary time you're like out and about on town. I could understand having a few people out. So the town looks like it's functioning, but like, I think it was just for this part. Because they were, the whole idea was they were putting up like a charade to 
not freak out their new guests. So I don't think that they actively do that. All, well, I, maybe the gas station people. Well, the dude was staring at like a burger and fries in the diner that was covered in mold. So I'm assuming it hadn't been cooked that morning. Huh. Did they just every day go and pretend to be people? That's kind of Which would be weird because they don't expect people and they have like warning bells and shit. So is their job just to go sit? That'd be the worst. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, who are you putting on this show for? I didn't realize it was moldy because I didn't really look at it. I just thought they were disgusted by human food. Well, they were, but the fries, the fries were totally green. Oh, okay. I didn't even notice that. But again, I think it's just because they were expecting this guy to come and they didn't know when. I don't think, I feel like they don't do that regularly. So what is the name of the main protagonist? When you say main protagonist, do you mean the guy with the family? Yeah. That's David. David. Okay, because that's who they're waiting for to come to town. The first guy they encounter is uh, some douchebaggy guy in a Jeep who's really rude to everybody and pisses off. I can't remember the name of the vampire, but they kind of, the other two vampires sitting on the chair knew it was a bad idea to send him out, but they didn't really care what happened. And that guy was being a dick to him, so the vampire karate chopped his head off. After making sure he wasn't the guy. Yeah, yeah, he made sure it wasn't the guy that was supposed to save their town. But that's when we get, when it's revealed that the two campers who were apparently waiting for that guy, I guess they were friends of his, were watching this whole thing happen through binoculars. And the guy camper was Dana Ashbrook from Twin Peaks. I don't remember Twin Peaks. I I watched that like not that long ago too, but I don't remember him. I love Twin Peaks. He was the, I think his name was Billy in Twin Peaks. He was the, He reminded uh, me more of, and I know it wasn't possible for this movie, but he reminded me more of the boyfriend from um, that Reba show. I have no idea what you, I don't watch the Reba show. Reba McIntyre had a TV show. I, forget what I know what it is. The only thing what I've seen Reba McIntyre in was Tremors. Anyway, that, the, the guy from that is who that reminded me of, but like he wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have, it was the timeline's not good in his life for that to have been him. Let's talk about the plant, the facility where they make the fake blood. Okay, so we're going to bring up the fact that these vampires are actively trying to not be monsters anymore. This is a town of vegan vampires, basically. And it's actually the whole concept of this movie is like meat substitutes, but like blood substitutes. And this guy, David came up with the synthetic blood making process for them. And he thought it was going to be to like help treat triage victims and help people at hospitals. He didn't realize people were going to just be drinking it. It kind of looked like a weird banana shake, honestly. I think they also planned on doing that as well. Cause the plan was that they're going to like provide extra cause they were turning it into, they wanted to get like money back in the town too, or at least that's what it sounded like the vampires were talking about. Well, I mean, he was talking also about expanding to other towns to make more like a safe haven for vampires. Well, they were also trying to get forgiveness from from God. They don't reveal that till like way later, though. I know, but you would think that though that that part uh, about like giving the blood also away would also help with that. Um, what's the word? Whatever, they're nice deeds to balance the scales. Yeah, that's not the word that I was looking for. Though it starts with a P. When you're someone Penance? who is no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're killing me. <laughs> just stop stop guessing words and i'll stop trying to describe the word 
But then we get to see the the plant where they actually make the synthesized blood. And I love my favorite detail about this movie happens when they're in like the cafeteria at this place. They don't draw any attention to it. They don't comment on it. Uh, it's just a nice visual element. These guys are drinking the blood out of these bottles with straws and the straws fork out at the top and have two little like places for their fangs to go. I call them fang straws. Fang straws. Which is funny because that's, I don't know when that became part of vampire mythos, the idea that they drank with their teeth. Cause I think originally it was that they would bite like bats and then suck the blood out. Yeah. It, it, it was a weird, it was a weird detail, but I still thought it was pretty funny. It didn't need to be there. So uh, like some, some random, some random dumb shit happens. The two campers go attempt to find a police officer to say, Hey, we saw a murder committed. They don't know that the sheriff is a vampire. So he puts them in a cell next to the murderer. Well, <laughs> that is the weirdest way to skip through that scene. <laughs> For one, they run up to the sheriff and they're like, hey, hey, oh, wait, you caught him. Why isn't he in handcuffs? And he's like, oh, it's not going to do any good. Like the sheriff just kind of like laughs them off the whole time while they're trying to explain that the guy murdered their friend. He's like, I know what he did. Like That scene's actually pretty good, too. Like that scene in general is pretty good. They punned it because he was like, sorry, it looks like he lost his head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually liked that. I liked the sheriff. He was funny. His parts were good. He didn't have that big a part because of that guy. Yeah, because of that guy. Who also, you skipped over the fact that he is the one running the blood plant. You mean uh, Shane? Yes. Now, did he already assault the mom or is that not yet? I, I forget what the first time we're introduced to him is. I think the first time we're introduced to him is at the plant before okay. the family gets there. Um, and he's just always a douche. Everything I've seen him in, he was Rex Manning in Empire Records. Do you remember that movie? No, that's so he was like old. The aging 80s like pop star who showed up to do a signing at this record store and kept trying to like James Franco everybody pretty much. Yeah, I don't remember anything about that movie. <laughs> it's all a movie like, in like the early 2000s, like when it came out, or like the 90s. When did that come out? Empire Records was like 95, man. Yeah, well, I don't think I saw it at that time. I was more into watching horror movies way too young, not so much like raunchy comedies. <laughs> anyway, so him and, and David, the main protagonist, they have their own kind of beef because they used to be friends in college. And uh, what is it? Shane is like an engineer or no, something. Shane is an engineer, but he's like a shitty engineer. Yeah, and David's like a good engineer, I guess. I don't know. I'm losing it. You're not helping. Save me. I'm just going to keep <laughs> rambling. So a bunch of random <laughs> shit happens. Uh, David and his family get moved into a little cottage. Um, they have some weird interactions. Little cottage, with the local. it's a castle. <laughs> they get moved into a little castle. And um, <laughs> basically the plot balances um, the wife being stalked by Shane the vampire and that guy taunting David about his wife because he fucked her and he keeps asking him uncomfortable questions like does she still whimper when she orgasms that was the cringiest thing ever i was there was a room full of scientists that. in there too it wasn't like they were alone there's a room full of scientists that are all like yo our lives depend on this going well why are you being a cunt can you can you make it easier for him to do the thing that keeps us alive please and then he tries to kill him but it's like hey, hey man like Maybe don't do that. <laughs> and Bruce Campbell shows up randomly at some point, And like the guys at the gas station don't want to help him at all. 
Turns out he's like the long lost descendant of Van Helsing who's there to do something, but he's like a bumbling moron, basically. He's there. And then falls in love with the first vampire that he meets. Yeah, but she falls in love with him too. Who she was the main character in April Fools. That's why she looks so familiar. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen that. I think Muffy was her name. Really? (laughs) Muffy? April Fools was a great movie, and I can give away the ending without giving away the ending. There are two different endings, and you never know which one you're going to find depending on where you watch it. In the one ending, it was all a joke, and nobody actually died because it was all part of a big April Fools prank. In the other ending, everybody actually did die. So you gave away both endings, so then it is giving away the ending. But like, wait, like depending on where you source it from, it determines which one you're going to get? Yeah, and it never says like director's cut or anything on it. So every time I watch it somewhere, I'm always like, I'm waiting to be surprised. Like, I don't know how it's going to end, which is kind of... (laughs) Kind of interesting, actually. We need to leave like a longer list of things that we're going to spoil at the beginning of every episode. Like, it's not whatever <laughs> movie we're talking about. It's like several movies. So the two David's two daughters go into a random room in the castle, slap a globe, and it opens up like a like a trap door that they go down and they find David Carradine in a coffin. And he tries to re- his name was like Count Marjolac or something, which I guess yeah, is like a ridiculous. weird. It's like an it's like an anagram with a couple extra letters for like Dracula. Ooh, the spoiler. I guess that was the spoiler that David Carradine may or may not be Dracula. May or may not be. And you know, this movie fucking pissed me off, but like good on them because for years I've been saying, why don't, especially with like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, instead of stabbing people with a big toothpick, what if we had a better way of doing that? What if we made just like some bullets that fired wood? What if we did that? And then this movie actually had fortified wood bullets that splinter on impact. Because I don't think that's realistically possible, even if the wood's fortified. Well, vampires aren't realistically possible, but... Shut up. Shut your mouth. If we're suspending our disbelief here. The physics. All right, fine. What if you put garlic in the bullets or put crosses on the front of the bullets? I suppose if you got like bullets and you like made them like hollow points and they were like filled with wood splinters, that would work. Or what about like... Just a super soaker full of holy water. That's been done. I watched a movie where that was done. Maybe it was a dream you had. It wasn't. I definitely watched it. So, let's see. This movie was more comedic than anything. Like, when the little girls are riding their bikes by and all the townspeople are standing there, like, hungrily staring at the two humans in the jail through the window. That was actually... I love that part. Hi! Hey! (laughs) Whistling nonchalantly. I do, there's like one thing that I, like, I kind of loved this movie. It was great. It was cheesy and stupid and like, you know, they did not pay attention to their continuity or like things that they established for themselves at all. But the the one thing that I thought was a major downside to the movie was the whole relationship with Shane, his wife, or not Shane, David and his wife, because I feel like it was unnecessary. Like it didn't add anything. Honestly, you could have done this whole movie take the whole family out of it and it was just david there and it would have been the same movie because honestly the time they spent developing that took away from the time they could have spent developing anything bruce campbell's character or dracula like we barely get this i mean i'm assuming it was a budgetary thing but we barely get to see david carradine or bruce campbell for like the whole movie and they're on they're the ones on the cover David Carradine, I remember when his, that was great, when he was famous and he would be like the highest paid actor in a budget, like, B-movie. Like how his, his paycheck was pretty much the whole uh, thing for uh, Death Race 2000. Right. Basically the entire money they had for it. I haven't seen that in so long. It's the better version of it. Oh, I, I know it is. 
Wasn't Sylvester Stallone in it for like five minutes as like a womanizing race car he driver? He was in it for more than five minutes. He was not famous at the time, so they didn't pay him a lot. All yeah. the cars were also like, I think, um, what was it, like old Volkswagens that they found in like a junkyard. So this movie turns into a revolutionary uprising of like the vampires that still want to kill people and eat meat and enjoy feeling a human give themselves to them. The guy describes it in a very sexual fashion. And they have this giant arsenal, which they waste half the bullets shooting them at the sky in celebration, which kind of irritated me. It wasn't like they just fired one shot up in the yeah, air. They're like, rare bullets in there even specified. Like, make sure you hit your shots. Don't waste bullets. It would have been great if they did a Mexican thing, like from the movie The Mexican, and just had the bullets come back down and kill the people that shot them. That would be awesome, because that happens. That's real life. The bullets have to come back at some point. They don't leave Earth. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, when Jefferson's building the army, though, I think that's like that's another one of like the failings of this movie because he just goes to a nightclub in California or some shit and he's just like, hey, I can teach you guys how to be cool vampire people. Acts like these characters are gonna be something or like there's gonna be more of it. No, that's the end. Brings back these two random rocker people. And it's like, look, these are my other warriors living in this cave. Right. <laughs> we'll come back to this later. <laughs> yeah, the whole cave thing. And it was like, really, this is the way you'd rather live? Because the other ones, at least you get like a nice bed or coffin or whatever you're into. Like he's trying to create a safe haven for vampires. But there was like, there was a lot of ideological play, but it wasn't really saying anything the whole time. Because like, it's sort of a morality thing. It's sort of a personal preference thing. And they never really pinpoint the exact nature of a vampire. No. Like, is it a predisposition to want to kill? Like, you know, you see a werewolf story and they're all feral, they want to attack things, the person's not in control of their actions. In this one, it appears to be like, you're either a dick or you're not, based on how you would be before you became a vampire. I know what movie I saw that had the squirt guns. Yeah. It was Bordello of Blood. I just watched that recently. I watched it recently, too, and I don't remember that. Anyway. That's unnecessary to this movie, but so is a lot of the things that happen in this movie. Oh my god, when... I, I don't care if we're skipping around this. This whole thing was ridiculous. Um, Marja Lack, or David Carradine, is explaining the whole process to David and his family about how, like, we're vampires and we're trying not to kill people anymore. And then Bruce Campbell, like, falls through the ceiling because it's like a glass window. Should have died. Yeah, crashes down, like, I don't know, a good 20 feet, like, onto his face. He's totally fine. The other girl comes up from behind him and, like, Vulcan death pinches him or something. He's like physically paralyzed. And then we get to see Bruce Campbell's O face when she like bites into his neck. He was way too into it. That's his classic face. Classic Bruce Campbell go-to face. Then they cut the David Carradine looking uncomfortable while Bruce Campbell screams in ecstasy. He was weird looking in this movie. I don't think it was the mustache, but he was like way thinner in this than anything else I've ever seen him in, I think. Well, he was pretty thin in Evil Dead. I don't know, maybe the mustache is what did it. It just made his face look really narrow. Evil Dead, he still had like the thick chin, but I didn't really notice it in this. I don't know. Yeah, the mustache definitely detracted from the chin. Yeah, it messed something weird up. Um, She turns him into a vampire. And... What about the whole, like, Destiny Child thing he had going on where he was all, Say your name! Say your name! What's your name? Say your name! Tell what are you talking name. about? Bruce Campbell, like when in that part, he goes off on on Marjolac about how he should say his name. Oh, Calvary. right! It's like really long. It's like a whole part of the thing. Tell who you really are. Ah, wow, wow, Marjolac. 
And I guess one of my other favorite parts of this movie is when Bruce Campbell wakes up as a vampire screaming because he never took his cross off and it's just burning a hole in his chest. That was great, yeah. <laughs> or like the vampire like abducts the or, uh yeah, Marge like abducts the kids because like the little girl's having premonitions, you know, because her vampire daddy who wasn't a vampire when he made her and he might not be her dad, but it's really like never explored at yeah, all. Yeah, there's no reason for this kid to be having like psychic visions. <laughs> <laughs> Just because mom may have cheated on well, the mom did cheat on the dad while they were married. And he's like God damn it, why can't you just lie to me? Why can't you just tell me she's my daughter and that never happened? Like, what's wrong with you? That was honestly the realest part of their relationship in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) But like, so he gets her because she's having these premonitions about this thing that's going to come. And I love the part where she's like, and they're going to have guns. They're like, we're vampires. Guns don't kill vampires. Yeah, David Carradine has this moment of like, maybe this kid's full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't be taking this advice. But yeah, then they have this like ridiculously long gunfight that goes on pretty much forever, where it's the vampires who want to do good and not kill people versus the vampires that want to destroy humanity. It's literally the entire end half of the movie, and the amount of people that died in the gunfight is like more than the population of the town. <laughs> they definitely added like random ass people in just to get killed. <laughs> but then in the midst of all this is when Shane decides that he's somehow gonna and I don't know like when he lost his like vampire seduction techniques because Jefferson's just like you guys are gonna be on my side and they're like okay sounds great and Shane's like you're gonna love me and she's like no I'll make you love me (laughs) no remember in this they emphasize that older vampires have better powers than younger vampires complete opposite of like how humanity works and Shane he tries to be like scary or something but the way he said it just made me laugh out loud when he's like don't you remember the vampire that came into your room the other night hmm and then he like holds his hands up to his ears and goes flap 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 (laughs) which i guess was supposed to be badass but it sounded ridiculous but then who constructed the giant cross i have no idea where that came from i thought we were still gonna i thought we were gonna finish this whole thing with shane trying to bang the wife and then the dad comes in and it's like this whole ridiculous like bravado like I'm, I've got to do it. And he shows up, doesn't shoot him in the heart. Shane's yeah, he like, misses. You should you gotta shoot me in the heart, bitch. And then, like, almost kills him, and he, like, I thought he decapitated him with holy water. Yeah, he tried to decapitate him with holy water. I don't know how far through his neck he got it, but then he also shoots him in the heart. Yeah. And then Shane finally dies. I was like, we should add this to the, the list of movies where decapitations happen, but I was like, I didn't really come all the way off. And somebody gets killed with an umbrella as well. People get killed with a lot of things. The guy who gets stabbed with the umbrella is like, what you got an umbrella for? It ain't gonna rain. And then he gets impaled. Well, how about the fact that this fight is going on for like 30 minutes at this point, And Marjolak and his assistant, his assistant finally comes on. He's like, so like, should I get the crossbows? And he's like, yeah, I think, I think it's time to get those. Like, <laughs> that dude was just chilling this whole time. Well, his whole town's getting shot up. And they have the classic gunfight scene finale between, like, Marjolak and Jefferson, where he's like, I'm older than you thought I was, which means I'm more powerful than you. And then the giant 15-foot cross that seemingly came out of nowhere gets erected. But all of a sudden... that That was another one of those shitty parts of the movie, though, is, like, right before that, is, like, like I said, this gunfight is, like, three separate things. Because there's, like, a gunfight, one side gives up, you think it's over. They, it's not. They, the gunfight just starts again. 
And then at this point, the gunfight's there. Jefferson has the upper hand, and there's just a dude who's like, ah, the corniest line I've ever heard about how he had his sights directly on Jefferson's heart, but uh, he was holding the gun down at his waist. And it's like, no, you don't. You're not even looking down the sights. What are you talking about? Like, what? (laughs) And then Jefferson gives up. They do the draw. Dracula wins after he tells him, you know, well, then he tells him he's Dracula. There's about a bullets. And then they're like, got the guns pointed on them again. <laughs> like it never should have swapped again. <laughs> <laughs> there is no reason that all of a sudden they get the upper hand all out of nowhere. But it has a happy ending because the good vampires are forgiven. They don't get burned by the cross. Whereas everybody else gets roasted, which the special effects there were actually kind of fun. And then David and his family uh, leave and live happily ever after. And that's pretty much the end. So I guess overall, uh, what'd you think? Um, I liked it. There's a whole lot that I didn't think needed to be in it. There's a whole lot that could have just been cut. But then I guess the movie would have only been about 45 minutes long. But then there's other things they could have focused more on. So I think I'll give it like one and three quarters of a beard. I'll give it one and a half beards. And it made me laugh. The whole decapitation scene in the beginning kind of set it up to be funny, but then it all kind of was like downhill and lackluster from there. That was probably the, like the, they set it up too strong in the beginning. Um, I just feel like I, if they would have given the script to like one of the writers or one of the directors or creators on like Tales from the Crypt, it could have gone in a direction that maintained the goofy slapstick but then added like an actual horror element to it. That's the thing that was missing. There was no horror in this entire movie. So I don't say this a lot, but this is a movie that I would actually like to see be remade. <laughs> also still starring Bruce Campbell though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like who, but maybe as the, uh, maybe not as the same character, maybe as the David character who's going to, who's there to like fix the blood supply. Yeah. Or we get David Carradine back to play that part. I don't think we can. No, just get him, dig him up. He's like, be more realistic like a vampire. Just puppet that shit. You want a weekend at Bernie's, David Carradine. You know, I feel like that's what we should start doing with old actors that die, is like, setting them up with animatronics inside of them. Like, just a terrifying Hall of Presidents type situation? Yeah. But with their actual skin, not like wax. So this has been another edition of Weekend Roundup with Bearded B-Roll. Damn. Damn. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Beard of B-Roll and look for us anywhere you find podcasts. Check out our website, beardofbroll.com, for info and links to merch. And remember to email us with ideas and suggestions at beardofbroll at gmail.com. We should have said that it's Bruce Campbell's birthday and it's my birthday because me and him have the same birthday and it's exactly 30 years apart. Well, we just said it now. Happy birthday, Bruce Campbell. And me. And you. And you. And me. Exactly 30 years apart. Exactly. Even number. <laughs> <laughs>